Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Hum Live at the 8 After Show podcast, where today we sat down with the band The Electric Nobody to discuss life, music, and longevity in Memphis. Enjoy. <laughs> well, you know what? We are live at the 8, once again, live at Station 8 Productions. We are joined by The Electric Nobody. How's it going, gentlemen? Hey, hey, Brett. Pretty good, man. Yeah. How are you doing? So I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to you guys. It's only been a couple of weeks since the performance, and the people that are listening to this now and watching this now are people that have already likely enjoyed the incredible performance. How'd it feel? How was it? Felt great. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, I know I had a good time. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We had pretty, a cookout pretty too. Pretty grooving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My yeah. ribs are almost healed now. So that's <laughs> Yeah, you got hit with a chair. Pretty a little good. dramatic, but yeah. for effect, yeah. But we, we had the cookout, too. We had like a full cookout before yeah, we, did. we had the performance. Did it help? Oh, yeah. It really, really helped set the mood because that's, that's kind of how we all got together anyway. Yeah? Well, like like initially or just at the time of the Well, the when, when we started and kept at it, we started cooking out at the old uh, practice house. Yeah. And Cooper Young. And uh, every time we got together, we were cooking ribs, chicken. Brock's Sounds like a really hard way to come together and play music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so difficult. It was well, a lifestyle. <laughs> we should start yeah. off because I know you guys, but who am I talking to? Let's start over here. All right. I'm uh, Christopher Lee Crowther. I play guitar. Crowther. Crowther, yeah. I just learned that right now so, at this moment. And pronounced just like it's spelt. Beautiful. <laughs> I didn't know his last name for like yeah. the first three years I knew him. <laughs> I've, been, I've been calling him Chris Crowder. Yeah. What was the hype on the radio that That's time? That's kind of what I like, assumed. Chris Carruthers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know me for 10 years. <laughs> All right, so we got Chris over here. So tell me real quickly, too, what you do in the band. I uh, play rhythm guitar, and I keep it alive. <laughs> keep things organized. Someone's <laughs> got to do it. The band father. So yeah, to your left, who do we have over here? Giggling. Uh, my name is Vino Thomas, and I play the bass guitar. Did you lower the tone of your voice and give more bass to emphasize the fact that you play bass? Because it I sounded nice. I never do head. such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> never. Well, cool, cool. And over here, my name is Rico. Um, I'm the lead singer. Um, I write some of the stuff. Uh, definitely a lot of the lyrics, but as well as Vino does. But um, so you two on the lyrics, most of the time, yeah. yes. But you know, everybody's kind of got their inputs you know how they feel about things or you know somebody may come with the idea hey you know see if you can work this in there so it's i will it's never a hundred percent you know yeah sometimes the, the lyrics other. come from conversations that we're having just like this yeah we have a <clears throat> we have like a, a mood and an emotion that we want to bring out in the song and so we just kind of bounce the lyrics around so I got, I have a, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about it, but I do want to finish. We got to give the other band members their due. So we got two more that are, are part of the band, not here with us today. So one of, one of them, uh, Hype, love Hype. Josh is great too, but Hype was, he was something else, man. Yeah. You can hype. see his personality in the, in the, in the skit, in the video. Like that was just him being him, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. he's our heart. Yeah. That's, he lives yeah. up to the name. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So tell us Hype. We got Hype Jones, right? He's drums. Yeah. Who else we got? And, uh, um, Josh Jennings on guitar. Nice. We call him Good Time. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I knew he had a nickname. Yeah, because he's yeah. always in such a good, easy going. Yeah, he's, he's called him Good Time. He's chill. Yeah, very. He's so back. chill, man. 
Yeah, uh, I called him New Jay for a while there, you know, because he was the newest guy around. But you know, after a while, he came into to well, his own. Yeah. So you guys have been playing music in some form or, or fashion for a while now. About so, give, let's let's kind of go back to the beginning and start with just the history of the band and how you've gotten to now. So, like, how many years we've been at this? Well, it was 1900. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday actually uh, marks the 13th anniversary of our first show. 13 years. Yeah. So, so uh, how hard is it to keep a band together that long? Oh, wow. Oh, I've seen just... worse marriages. <laughs> I don't know if that's saying a lot. No, I just, yeah. You just well, got to keep it so, loose. So, 13 years ago, how did it happen? How did it start? Well, uh, actually, the three of us uh, worked together in the yeah. the dying days of the pyramid in the mid south Coliseum. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, we R. met R. a stagehand, yeah, local yeah, so. stagehands, and uh, some years went by. I kind of lost contact with them, and uh, me and Vino kind of had a chance encounter, and. Uh, I like how you're keeping it ambiguous. Yeah. We had yeah, an through, through, yeah, through a mutual friend who's no just longer clicked, with us, and, and uh, we started. Just writing some songs together, yeah. me and him, and then, you know, our membership kind of branched off from there, and we just started building on the foundation. And a lot of these songs are from those first few months, and we're still playing them after 13 years. <laughs> we're trying to get them out to everybody. You know, we want to. They might be old to us, but they're new to to the world. Yeah, if you haven't heard so. them, I mean, it's something new for your ear hole. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, and Memphis Bread, too. That's, and that's right. kind of the point of the performance yeah. that we had here is to just add another element of showcasing what you guys have going on. What do you, right. what do you straight think? out of Memphis. You can taste it in the music. That's right. What do you think um, has been, I guess, like the major shift as to like why now is the time to be more aggressive and outputting with all the music that you've written over the last 13 years? I'd say that have has a lot to do with where you we are in life just as adults you know you hit that point in life where it's like okay you know you start kind of weighing those priorities and things and like you know at a certain point we kind of looked at it like are we are we trying to do something here or are we just going to get together you know every few months and play some nostalgic gig um and i think everybody was pretty much in on the same page at that point was like we're too old to just keep messing around. It can be an expensive hobby. Um, and we have all these songs. I mean, so many more that we haven't, you know, even like completed or necessarily just shared with anyone else yet and things to, you know, get around to. And it's like, there's no point in, in just leaving these things, collecting dust for no, you know, no one to enjoy. So, that was a lot to do with it. it's like it's time to kind of make those moves and put these songs out there for the world to hear mm -hmm. and you guys kind of have you know like a, a vault of music right it's not just like a handful like when i first was talking it was like oh, okay yeah you got you know i got like an album you're like no nah, we got like 15 songs ready to go like you know more coming so i mean has there been like did you have like those those core songs and that core music that you were kind of writing and developing at the beginning and kind of have like an evolution through the process of the last 13 years and playing together like what it what it look like well over the over the last year year plus couple of months i would say we really have gone to taking these very seriously on what we were doing and what the songs were about the content of the 
lyrics, the music itself, and who we are as individuals and as a band. And yeah, there have, there are very core songs that we still love playing after 13 years. And we're still, each time we play those songs, they seem to evolve or get a different emotion out of them from the last time we played them. And so we're still evolving as musicians and growing together as brothers, you know, and as families. And yeah, we are continually writing songs. So the last year you mentioned, so we got to talk about it, right? It's inevitable. Uh, was coronavirus, was it good for the writing process and the creative process? Or was it something that was kind of detrimental? I've heard, I've heard both sides from the creatives that, you know, the people we've worked with, for, that it was good and bad, you know? For the electric nobody, it was, it was a wonderful thing. Because it, there was no place to go play because we could have, as Rico mentioned, it could have been nostalgia things and no, nothing would have gotten actually done. We may or may not have been at this point where we are this afternoon had it not been for Corona because that gave us a lot of time. A lot of time. Actually, that, that was the main thing. <laughs> actually like sit and yeah. work on this yeah. music. Yes, because and that was then the music and the work that we put in was really needed. Yes, yeah. it definitely was. Um, before that, I would say you know it just with with having you know regular lives, you know, <coughs> or what's regular, but um, you know having lives, having people in your life that you care about and you take care of, and things to do. It it was so easy to be like you know just kind of not worrying about the band as much and. Like when it came up, hey, you want to do this gig? And everybody like kind of scrambled to get together whenever we could and get in a couple practices, two or three, whatever, play this gig, and then right back to nothing with the band. So, yeah, that time definitely, you know, was well needed, as he said. We uh, were able to sit and really. We've spent hundreds of hours in a, a storage locker. <laughs> yes. Just pounding out these songs and just bringing them alive again you know yeah that's awesome i mean it, it's definitely a, a, a brand new life to these songs yeah they mean a lot more than they ever have over the last 13 years now and that's because you think the time that you collaborated and spent together just kind of would you oh. would you consider it like enhancement of the music in a way like just adding more of the detail and nuance to it that maybe you didn't have the time beforehand oh Absolutely. definitely yeah. definitely you know and and i know that the music industry got very stagnant and complacent and everything sounded the same. You know, whether whatever station you went to, no matter what genre it was, they were interchangeable. Nobody was actually to find new music that was fresh was hard to come by. And yeah, some of these songs are 13 years old, but man, to hear them, to feel them. And it's something that the music uh, nowadays is uh, lacking. So going to the writing process, since we're on the subject, what is kind of the dynamic when you guys are locking yourselves in the storage room with your instruments and God knows what else, right? But uh, no, what do you, when you come together to do this, like what is the dynamic that you guys have to make this music? It's It's really just kind of a laid back kind of thing. You know, we... We all show up, you know, around the same time. You know how that goes. <laughs> I, um, and 
and usually we're just kind of chatting it up, you know, asking each other how how's life been and such things, and you know, telling whatever little funny stories we you know may have happened to each other since the last time. Um, but yeah, usually we just kind of chill and like we already know like hey are we what we're working towards have towards has already been discussed you know like is do we need say like in preparation um to work with you guys like we knew okay we need certain songs Mm -hmm. um that we want to use so it was more focusing on those songs than like say getting ready for uh you know show a festival or something like that just a longer gig let's say you're doing more songs and it's like okay now let's let's think about a set list so we always kind of know what we're trying to accomplish you know it could be just working on new stuff like hey let's get this song down if that's the only thing we get done we had i don't know how many of those practices were we only and it, it may have been one of the older songs but we like stayed on one song for half the practice and then maybe went over two more after that but mm-hmm. so it's Usually it's kind of already known amongst each other, like what we're trying to accomplish when we get in there. So um, we just keep it laid back, you know, and kind of get at it. Chris, you seem like you're thinking of something over there. (laughs) Uh, As far as like the writing process, you know, we'll kind of have an emotion we want. And then one of the guys will come with a real elaborate, good sounding lick. And then I'll just uh, beat it down to the most, simplest form because i only know six chords he's, and that kind of he's our malcolm young of the band <laughs> but w- we have an amazing drummer who really like shout out just, yeah he just feels where we're going and he's our conductor and we just follow him and like i mean we'll talk stuff out of course you know but i mean just to have that foundation behind you is amazing like, yeah I noticed, you know, I noticed you and Hype had kind of a a more specific dynamic, kind of in comparison to uh, like you and Rico writing the lyrics, but specifically you and Hype seemed to, which is natural, right? Bass player and, and the drummer, like to have some sort of maybe a little bit more of a of a specific connection. We say not better or worse. Don't worry, guys. Well, <laughs> better or worse. Just, be. just it was noticeable that you guys, you know, communicated very easily and, and comfortably and and kind of knew. You know how each other work. They've known each other the longest of all of us. Uh, too, yeah, so. we, yeah, important piece of the puzzle. We we played together for twenty two years, uh, thirteen years with Electric Nobody, and do the math. However many years before that, mm-hmm. you know, in different different bands, our own bands. Uh, we did Bill Street together for years. Man, we were guns for hire. We did a lot together, and. Uh, and finding him at the record store that day was, uh, I knew it was meant to happen. And, uh, well, to tell the story, we, uh, he's been with us ever since. We have been searching for a drummer for a while. We had, you know, a handful of songs written and we're looking to find that missing piece. And, uh, I'll let Vino finish it off. Well, anyway, I was off work one day and, um, I went in a cats that used to be over on a uh, union. Mm hmm. And walked in. I forgot what I was looking for. Maybe a Soundgarden CD or something. And I saw Hype's wife, Sheila. And I know Sheila didn't drive. And uh, and saw her. 
said, hey, blah, blah, blah. I said, where's Big Man at? I know he's in there. And I went and found him looking at the Kiss albums on vinyl. <laughs> I think <laughs> he had a Kiss shirt on or something that day. <laughs> yeah, he's so. a huge Kiss fan. Yeah. And uh, he told me that, because uh, uh, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and he told me that he was playing with one band. And I was like, hey, man, call them right now and tell them you quit. And he was like, well, I got a show with him in a couple of weeks, and uh, and then I'm done. And so he went and played the show with them. And uh, before he even came to jam with us, he finished that show and that was it. Because he knew that yeah. he and I had something together and it was going to work. I met him for the first time in the rehearsal room. And the, the next day I went out and bought him a new drum throne. I was like, like I got to keep this guy around. That's awesome. Hey, that's taking good care. You got to have the throne, right? Yeah. So, what um, what types of speaking of writing and music and collaboration? What types of influences do you guys have individually as musicians, or is it something that is largely shared? You know, in terms of just mu musical influence, other artists. I, I, me as being the bass player, I come from, uh, you know, heroes of Bootsy Collins and. Hmm. John Paul Jones and Jaco Pastorius and Les Claypool and Larry Graham and a host of other people. So I'll sit around sometimes and do whatever I do and get these little riffs in my head and I get a little working title for them. And then like some days when we're in the jam room and nothing's going on, I'll just start playing one. And if somebody likes it, we start working on it. Kind of like anything. If Rico's got a riff, we start working on it. Somebody's got a riff. We start working on it. But I just played the bass guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what brought us together initially was our interlocking circle of musical interests overlapping, and uh, so his love for you know funk and blues. Oh, yeah. and we all had similar influences, so made it easy. Yeah, it it, it came pretty. It didn't come easy. <laughs> But, you know, thinking back on 13 years right now, man, I am so happy and so proud with this. It's awesome. kind of the, the com you know, the pinnacle of of uh, what we've been able to put together here with you guys and, and Station 8 here. So it's pretty special to be able to kind of bring it home to me. I grew up right around the corner here, went to Kingsbury. You know, His mom lives around yeah. the corner. My mom what? lives around the corner. <laughs> yeah, got, got, we all got a little, little yeah. right here. So yeah. Bring it back home, you know, it was pretty special. So you have, Chris, you have uh, some uniquely special musical influence in your life from right. your dad. As we saw, uh, I think everybody was really happy to hear more about it in the skit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, right. so, so yeah. tell me about it. Tell, tell, tell us yeah. about your dad. I know a little bit, but give me the full, right, right. you know, details. No, I, uh, my, my they, they smile. They smugly yeah, smile. No, these guys are sick of hearing my stories. Uh, but uh, yeah, growing up, man, my my pops, he's a founding member and a current, still current member, him and, of uh, the Southern rock band Black Oak, Arkansas. And uh, so at a young age, I uh, started going out and just as his guitar tech. You know, I was kind of his squire. I carry his guitars around and set up his rig and. We toured all over, man. Uh, you know, I got to put thousands of miles under my belt uh, as a teenager traveling this country. And I've been to every motorcycle rally in the United States, and I've never <laughs> ridden a motorcycle <laughs> once. Uh, but it was really a unique experience growing up to have that freedom of 
you know, it's spring break. I'm hopping on the tour bus and we're going to go do some shows. And, you know, I'm 16, 17, going to all kinds of illicit places. And, <laughs> but just, just to have that experience and to be around professional musicians and to be influenced by them and to be influenced by their influences and turned on to a lot of, a lot of great music that a lot of people don't get to experience because they've never been exposed to it. So, so your dad was, he was already always pretty encouraging of you in the pursuit of music. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my mother too. Mm, It's not always the case. Yeah. So (laughs) my, uh, I mean, my grandmother on my mom's side is amazing piano player. Her mother was always involved in music. So it was like on my mom's side, I had a lot of musical influence as a kid. And then, you know, with pops, it was, it was, uh, wasn't the polkas that my grandma was playing. It was just killer Southern rock. When did you start and playing guitar? So, uh, so <laughs> you guys are giggling. Over yeah, there. no, no, it's, <laughs> we want to know the answer to that question. As yeah, well. About 13 well, years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping to start next week, actually. Uh, That's what but I was no, getting my, uh, we, we were, uh, we were living in Minnesota and my mom came down to visit my pops, Ricky and, they went to the casino and she won a little bit of money and uh, shot right over the strings and things and bought me a little Squire Strat for my 14th birthday. And, strings uh, and things. Yeah. That's yeah. a great store. Rest in peace. Yeah, it was, Once the, again. Yes, it was yes. the one on Union. So. Is that they had shows there, right? I mean, I was young. It was, but I remember that they definitely oh, were so doing so small, it. I can't imagine. Yeah, uh, the original strings and things, they would do like... Uh, clinics and stuff like that but then when they moved over to that's where where Minglewood is now yeah Yeah, Minglewood building that was a huge undertaking do we know what's going on with Minglewood I heard last like recently that it was supposed to not be there anymore now it's I I don't don't know know. Uh, yeah I haven't really heard anything you ever played there Um, I played the lounge I never played the big room we actually played in the in the basement (laughs) well me and Vino did more of a yeah i was i was with a, a couple rehearsal bands, situation a couple I think. bands on that note, all of our <laughs> all of our favorite clubs are gone right you know, we yeah played in so much over the years yeah so it's kind of sad but we're hoping to use this to meet some new club owners yeah nice <laughs> so uh do you have i know you guys have some shows though you got some things going on yeah so what do you have what do you have coming up uh when is it Oh, I'm thinking next month, but it's actually this yeah. month on the 28th. August the 28th. A couple is, weeks uh, from now. Okay. World so Champion, if you have a time machine, World Hot Wing Festival. Uh, so how did yeah. how did that come about, the Hot Wing Festival? Well, uh, our, our friend Brenda, who, uh, man, I don't even remember how I met Brenda. Yeah. Probably. She's always, I mean, I've been involved in that. The Popular Lounge, probably. That festival probably since so. it was in the parking lot of the Popular Lounge. <laughs> yeah playing with uh, Alvin Oliveira and you know we would play and then break the stage down for him <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> uh, so I, I want to say what well, early on our, in, when the festival yeah, first, first started up uh, and it was actually before I was in the band I wasn't all I knew these guys pretty much the whole time um, but I did not play with them back then I used to actually open up and do acoustic uh, stuff for them um, but yeah, I would be at like most of the gigs and stuff. But I remember the one of the early Hot Wing festivals being down on South Main, um, 
they actually were in in the contest and <laughs> yeah, we had a team. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> obviously, you know, we had a keg of beer and it really didn't go that well for us. The show went great. But, show was right. Great. <laughs> so Rico, what about you? When did music start for you in your life? Oh man, as early as I can remember hearing anything. You know, my parents both they had their things they loved more than others, but mom really was kind of open to like most genres of music and she always had just like plenty of good albums sitting around and um well playing you know like back when everybody just didn't keep the tv on 24 hours a day you know um and of course dad like i remember just a lot of times riding in the truck you know and he whatever tape or you know he would have going there and uh so i was always around it at a certain point i think maybe a friend of mine had like some beat up guitar and i was trying to mess around with it and then they ended i think they let me keep it or something they were like man you're better than me you know keep messing around and it didn't even have all the strings on i didn't know what i was doing but then dad like scored me a guitar like a yard sale or you know maybe he went and just got like a used one somewhere i'm not exactly sure where he got it but i remember him here you know you can practice on that and so I always just kind of fiddled around with like an acoustic. And of course, you know, when I got a little bit older and mom was like, you know, he he kind of does does good practice, whatever, you know, stays at it. So she got me one of those little starter electric kits, you know, like a Fender Squire Strat nice. bullet, you know, one of those deals. But of course, to me, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, you know, had a little amp, had some distortion on it. So I could pretend that I was jamming, you know, <laughs> but Man, that was probably, I don't know, I was probably like 11 or 12, you know, when I started fiddling around with that broken guitar. And I know I was 12 or 13 when I actually, you know, mom bought me the, the little starter yeah, rig. So. I had the Bullet series as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's great to start off with, you yeah. know. It's, but yeah, man, I just kind of stayed at it. And you know, I was always around somebody who played or, you know, sang or whatever. Um, of course, meeting all of these guys working together as stagehands, you know, we quickly figured out we were all, you know, musicians or music fans, whatever you want to call us at that point in time. But um, so it just kind of wow. kind of cultivated. We were always playing. We were always jamming, whether we were, you know, a lot of times I'd be sitting around with Vino just kind of playing, you know, <laughs> might help him with some lyrics or something. or Sitting around my one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitting around just picking. The neighbor would come over, bring his acoustic. And of course, we'd be, you know, grilling something. Oh, of course. As discussed. All yeah, these yeah, stories, yeah. just imagine there's yeah. a smoker somewhere, either in the room or outside, hopefully. <laughs> I like that you guys incorporated that into your, into your, yeah. into your, you know, your set. I think that was, that was perfect. Oh. Yeah, man. It, it had to be. That's just what felt right to us. Yeah. Well, what about yeah. you, Vino? When did you pick up the bass? Ooh, man. <laughs> what millennium is this um man i was uh wow five or six years old oh wow so it's been so like 20 years now <laughs> it's only been 12 <laughs> uh no so that's been like 40 45 years ago nice yeah and uh play guitar and play drums and 
played all the brass instruments, all the percussion instruments, and um, all the guitar players were always better than me. And I could, ah, I'll never be able to beat that guy. And uh, because back then it was like, you know, after I got older and it's like, okay, maybe I'd have some skills or whatever. They used to have like these ultimate guitar contests and stuff like that. I would never enter because this guy was so badass. And, uh, and so I went back to what I knew and what felt great was the bass guitar. Mm -hmm. And that is the absolute love of my life, my passion. And I, I think it's the best instrument in the world. And I love doing it. And I love playing with these guys because one, I get to play what I want. I've been a hired hand too many times or, hey, no, we don't need all that. This band, that goes out the window. Nice. So I, I know you've, all of you have kind of mentioned it at one point or another uh, throughout this discussion is that there's kind of a certain emotion or message or feeling that kind of is at the root of the music. Um, is this, is there like a specific, you know, uh, I guess type of emotion or feeling that that is that you're trying to capture in this music, or is it sort of ambiguous? Is it something general? Like what what is that emotion? What is that feeling you describe? It it could go like kind of either way with that. It sometimes it's like it the song may just very well be about something like you know in one of our lives, so that itself will depict the emotion. Like you know, Hourglass is one that. It just kind of me looking at looking at my parents and these lyrics are all in there looking at my children getting older um and just man if, i don't know it's probably about a good six month period where i was just stuck on the thought of what time does to us you know and it was i was scared and excited i guess at the same time but it started coming out in my music a little more but then um a lyric that came across out of something me and this guy did in the garage one day, which that was the the band room for a while at Chris's house at Chris's current house. Um, we were after like I don't know if we just practiced or we were just jamming, having a good time. We were cooking out, and we definitely were doing that. But I started picking off something, and it was kind of jazzy sounding a little bit. And Vino started singing some stuff. The only thing anybody remembered out of any of that was the <laughs> word hourglass. <laughs> and I remembered that when I kind of hit that mode and I was coming up with this tune, like just on acoustic, sitting out in my backyard, which was like my favorite place to write, sitting out in the sun and breeze. And, um, but yeah, all these thoughts of like getting older and the kids, every, you know, just everything came into that. So it was, it's kind of a like bittersweet emotion that came out of that, but it come from a very real place. And then there's others. It's just like we came up with this cool groove or whatever, and it just had a feeling to it mm -hmm. already. Like, uh, like Thursday, it was, uh, I think we had gotten done practicing everything we had. And I we believe were like, it was a Thursday. And was it a Thursday? Yeah. It, it, the name of the song, it, it happened on the Thursday. And I think we got in a little, uh, heated discussion because nobody had anything else to play and somebody started something and we started writing that song on a Thursday. Yeah. And now that's one of our... Yeah, it had no title we, at first. Yeah. Like the next time we play, we were like, what did we end up calling that? It happened on a... I don't know, but it, happened, said, on it happened on a Thursday. It happened on a Thursday. It's like, fine. That's fine with me. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some things are just... 
like sick and tired. I used to live over on uh, Madison. At, uh, no, actually, uh, 1529, the song, my address on Madison was 1529 Madison. And it used to overlook, there was this huge balcony up there. It used to overlook Madison Avenue. And right across the street was... Uh, the P&H. Uh, the P&H and also oh, yeah. that that the gay bar that used to be there. And just the thing, the, the things that I would see sitting up there and the people just watching the people go by. Well, I see pimps and pushes, drugs and prostitution just started popping in my head. And so I ran downstairs, got my base, went back up there with a notebook and just started writing all this down. Just one night, just watching these people. Yeah, I think, uh, hmm. you know, all of our songs have a theme that we purposefully write so that, that everybody can relate to, like, just whether it's daily struggles, love, pain, death, racing time. It's just just all stuff that, you know, we want it, we, we deal with. So we hope that it might help you deal with it. You know, do we have well. a love song? Well, all of our songs. Every are love song songs. is a love song. Well, maybe. We, we love them all, but <laughs> tragic, maybe. Well, but yes, but I'm gonna write just, a love song for you. Know, <laughs> tales of struggles. One of those sappy ones. Yeah, you know, um, and like I said, it, it might not necessarily be that we walked in like, okay, let's write about this today, but yeah. something's gonna come, like some lyric or. Just something's going to happen um, just during playing, you know, the new tune that, you know, it will kind of come out what, what that feel is. And, you know, it just it shows in the music. We, I think we agreed at one point that, like, we don't have to be dicks about what we write about, but everything needs to be about something. Yeah. Not just like, hey, I made up this whole fake scenario. Yeah. Needs to have some depth. It's it's it's, it's got to be truth and honesty and 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 the lyrical content. Because as I said before, everything that we write about is actual stuff that everybody goes through. Everybody walking the face of the planet. Regardless of religion, age, sexual orientation, finances anything it's the same people are the same strip all that away what do you got just people yeah what do you uh speaking of meaning where did the name come from <laughs> i'll answer this chris had wanted to name the band uh the crystal blue persuasion or <laughs> well, something like that well we 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 booked were, a gig. We were going for a wide at the Hot Wings Festival. Actually, it was, kind of okay. it was before uh, hype was in the loop. Yeah, and our our good buddy Elvin Oliveira was playing drums with us, and oh, I needed it. They booked me just because they loved us uh, as people, and uh, you know they knew we just formed a band. So uh, I was kind of on the spot to name it. So I was like, the Crystal Blue Persuasion. So we played one gig. <laughs> With that terrible name. And I hated that and, name. Uh, and I wanted to name the band Mr. Nobody. Oh, uh, yeah. Which he hated. And so one <laughs> night one night on the phone, me, him, and Hype were uh, having a conference call about, because we need a name, man. We got to have a name. <clears throat> and Chris threw out what he wanted. Hype said what he wanted. I was like, 
I don't give a damn what y'all think. I'll call this band the electric nobody if I want to. And the phone went silent. And Hype goes, okay, that's the way it is. So we're just, <laughs> well, actually, just stuck like that. The way I recall it uh-oh. Uh-oh. is me and Vino were hanging out at the Papa Lounge. And we both had, t- we had two terrible names. And we were in the bar. I can't remember who was playing. Maybe homemade flavor or somebody. But uh, we were in the bar texting each other across the bar, our terrible band names. And uh, I don't we remember. somehow put two of them together. <laughs> it became the Electric Nobody. And then we added a stupid K so that you know everybody would misspell it. Yeah, the K came but, later. So it would be misspelled and people would remember <laughs> it to spell it right. Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was clever that it was Electric <laughs> And uh, it kind of had a couple meetings yeah. to me, so it worked because one, I work as an electrician on film and movie sets. Uh, two, the K would kind of, you know, nod to the nobody else who was Black Oak during their Stacks days. They had the name the nobody else, and they used a K as well, <clears throat> which Jim had warned me about. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to oh, gonna... Gonna get it wrong. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, some convoluted story between yeah. those two stories. Even with with all of the, it was uh, a lot of. Beers I think ago. it was this, and I think it was that. Um, yeah. Some of that traces. If you look at the logo, um, a little more there. You know, we're we're kids that grew up watching PBS in Memphis. You know, just like everybody else. Which obviously everybody knows Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like a lot of people don't remember a show that used to air kind of back in the early days of Sesame Street was the Electric Company. Which is where the whole little one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That actually came from that. But they were all PBS shows, you know. Some of these shows yeah. cooperated with each other. Um, so like the logo is, is like the, the electric company logo, um, you know, and then of course mixed with part of the name that the nobody had to work yeah, its way no, in uh, there. Jim Henson's um, one of my heroes, you know. So, yeah. You know, you had the electric mayhem. Right, and you also had the electric, which is like yeah. my favorite band of all time. By mm. the way, yeah, I, think, no doubt. I think Animal is probably. Oh the best. man, he was one of my inspirations. I mean, yeah, you know, I love Neil Peart and all. But uh, I mean, Animal. I mean, on. that scene in the church in the Muppet movie, just and like as a kid, that such really an eloquent captured public me, you know? speaker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, remind you, Alvin. <laughs> so, right. so talking about you just said talking about growing up in Memphis, that is. Because I want to hear about what you guys are, you know, have planned coming up and everything. But I think one of the bigger questions I always like to ask and, and hear from working with the Memphis musicians is, I guess, what influence, if you could put your thumb on it, like throughout your life and throughout your, you know, musical progression, has Memphis had on you and the music? Just being in the city. Stacks. Absolutely. Yes. Stacks, man. Growing up on all this stuff, I, uh, I heard all this. I'm a bit older than these cats, so I heard all this like when it was fresh and new coming out as a kid, you know, and and uh, the stories that my uh, aunts and uncles would tell because they went to Isaac, went to school with Isaac Hayes and some of the other Stax musicians and stuff. And so that was a huge influence on that, on me with that. And, uh, my grandparents listened to uh, Delta Blues and 
older cats, Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker, and them telling me all about how Bill Street used to be when they used to go back, when they used to go down there. And just those stories, and I grew up, that's what I grew up on, is uh, stacks and funk and blues, you know, this homegrown stuff, man, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'd have to say, you know, growing up in a town like Memphis, it's, you got stacks, which is major influence. Um, I mean, so many great tunes came out of there. And, you know, just like we kind of talked a little bit about Muscle Shoals a little bit earlier you know, a lot of stuff that people don't realize got recorded right there. A lot of Motown guys recorded mm-hmm. their stuff there. Um, Stevie Wonder, you know, cats like that. But just having all those musical influences and then the fact that, you know, even though it's it's debatable on who and where exactly, but like, you know, rock and roll starting up, you know, kind of here-ish, you know, wherever in different cities, but like um, – there were so many by the time we we were coming up most of us like there were so many different musical influences i mean i don't know how many different genres of band i've seen play that were from memphis you know and they all grew up listening to the stuff we did and just but that's what came out of them yeah. right you know, that, that um, sound was just so real yeah yes like it was yeah it's funny that. you say that i think that's kind of the philosophy behind the hum is you know it's all memphis musicians that again have shared some the same city and the same influences in a lot of ways but the genres and the sounds and how it's translated completely different you I, know in the experience yes I, I, a few times i played with older cats in nashville when i lived there and we don't talk about that place here well <laughs> i'm just kidding I'm, I'm just kidding i'm just kidding Shout when, out I, nashville. when i lived there um i had about four different people different situations say you're from memphis aren't you just from playing with them different sound different yeah. feel yeah tony adams said the same thing when, when we talked to him it was funny people can just tell there's something about right. it yeah something about that energy it's different. yeah yeah it's about that that, it's a, that whole feel i mean it's it's like every it's just a magic that yeah like yeah, i mean it's it's i mean memphis is home of the blues but it's in the dna it really doesn't have to do with the music like yeah, it's. I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough place to live sometimes. An uh, interesting yeah. statistic and that I that's heard. That's what breeds it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I forget exactly when. A few years back, but Memphis is the most used word in songs throughout the world. Like mm-hmm. it has been mentioned. Or let me rephrase it: it's the most used city. Yeah, right. Um, right. In yeah. songs all over the world, I was like, wow, that's that's a pretty cool thing, you know. And then I kind of started thinking about it. there is. A lot of tunes i probably haven't even heard them all because i mean you know i'll still i might be listening to like weevil or something like that and you know and they'll play you some stuff that you know it might be really old it might be new but it's just it's never just like mainstream but i'll hear some old tune you know and some reference to memphis you know yeah and it's just and then of course in modern times you know not i heard too- it in your song image drive you brought up the heat man the memphis heat <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's like one of the first verses isn't it? plus one <laughs> man that's real, real, real quick to bring that up yeah, yeah. gotta love that 100 percent humidity with 105 degrees or whatever it is it's ridiculous right? i mean oh, if you spend living any, on the river yeah any if you spend any time here any significant time the, you know about the memphis heat so the yeah. crotch of the south <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well, yeah. Um, 
yeah so i want to as we as we kind of come to a close here i want to hear about what the plans are like what's what's the goal for electric nobody moving forward i know you're kind of getting everything together and putting some music together we got this performance coming out we've got all these things happening so what what's the plan what's the goal where can what's up well we are uh currently our website is under uh construction (laughs) and uh we're getting everything linked up with that, and thanks to you guys here at Station Eight, that uh, we now have uh, we have a product to shop ourselves. A, a product, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, want to play a lot more, get out of Memphis, and get around, and still represent Memphis because this is home to us. Absolutely, you know. I would uh, say it's uh, it's time for the world to be to meet the electric nobody. And vice versa. Yeah, just, you, just, know, you know, just going to keep on moving I've pampered forward. these songs for so long and kept them alive through so many tribulations. Like, just want to let them free like some birds, you know, and get them out there. Yeah, they, they've they had their time cultivating, you know, so yeah, it's time to let like, them fly. And, like cicadas. Yeah, <laughs> cicadas. Another thing you know if you're from Memphis. Yeah, very true. Right now, you probably hear them if you listen real close. Oh, yeah. I had a good one on my back porch the other night that was just having a good old time, evidently. Mm. Well, cool. So did you guys uh, have to ask, did you have a good time working with Station 8 at the, uh, oh, all throughout oh, this process? Dude, was, I had a blast. It was, it was fun. It, it was, was a good time. One, one thing I said to the guys at one point, I think we were standing out by the grill, you know, in between shots or something, and I was like, you know, this is fun. This is like the kind of work that just yeah, this is- it lets you know that you're in in the right place. You yeah. know, it's like because when we're on stage, we're having a great time. Usually, when we're at practice, we're having a great time. You know, until we don't agree on something. But <laughs> doing this, it was like a different aspect that you know um, we ain't as used to the video side of things. You know, other than just kind of like that lone cameraman at a festival or whatever, like shaky phone. It, it was just it's fun. a different. It's a different experience to have you know three yeah. cameras all like shooting you in four right. K. Like wow, you know? yeah, was, man. It was not def- having those amps behind you. <laughs> it, was, uh, and different we, experience, but yeah. very exciting. We yeah. definitely yeah. want to thank Station Eight because uh, that was it was magical. It, it was, was more than what we were expecting. Yeah. And also something that the band overall needed for the band, not only um, as far as the video and audio and everything, but that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Coming together of, to work on of, a project of, of day. multi-level production. Yeah, and just yeah. Being, being together and having fun and not being at the jam room. Yeah. yeah that was wonderful. No, we thank really you. can't thank you guys enough. And like, what you're doing here is magical. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. That I keep the, saying magical. I don't know. Hey, there are worse things to be described <laughs> as being right. But no, I mean, I have to, you know, at the same time, I have to thank you guys because all that, you know, legacy that we were just talking about with Memphis and everything that's, you know, it's represented as far as Stax music and beyond. You guys, like it or not, are the modern face. You're the modern progression. You're that next, you know, evolution and everything that's happened before. And I think that's all Memphis musicians. And it's something that's really special that we all share. So Station Eight may be the ones like pointing cameras at it and kind of highlighting it, but you guys are the ones that are bringing it. So we have to thank you and acknowledge that too, because it's it's a collaborative effort. You know, we all got to work together and stick together oh, as, yeah, as Memphis artists. Know. 
Nobody, nobody. Give me goosebumps, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true. You know, we're living it. We're living it, and yeah, it's yeah, good. Man. You know, we're coming out on the other side of this last crazy year, and you guys were able to turn it into something productive as a band, and you know, moving forward and being able to take that and and again share your product with with the world and get it to as many people that are able to hear it. And I hope that this, you know, is some good benefit. And I think it's nice too to sit back and have a relaxed conversation with you. People can get to get to know you. So that being said. Massive thanks, but also, how can people contact you? They see this, they want more, how can they connect with you online, book you, talk to you, just take a picture with whatever they want. How can they find yeah, you? Yeah, uh, there's uh, several ways. Um, right now, um, you can reach us through Facebook. Like I said, the uh, website is under construction, uh, and that will be the electricnobody.com. Okay. It'll be up before this comes out. Yes. Uh, so if you're listening to this... Yeah. Link in the description. Right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Don't forget the K. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, electric nobody. Yeah, no, we've com. got a Facebook. We're on Reverb Nation. Nice. Uh, we're, uh, you know, we're kind of social media dinosaurs, but we're working on it. Uh, but also, our email address is the electric nobody at Gmail. So you can shoot us an email. Also in the description. Yeah. yeah so. Yes. Everything will be. Or you can just you can just follow the smell of smoke. <laughs> and, uh, you smell some chicken wings or some ribs cooking, uh, and you hear some bass playing going on. It's probably us. you're probably in the right spot. Well, cool. Well, guys, thank you once again. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for hey, being thank a part you. of the performance. And thank the you, Brett. And man, we. Nick I think this uh, Drew. It was meant to happen, man. It's, yeah, this was a good thing. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. We look forward to the next time. Hey, we man. look forward we'll to look uh, forward with to you working guys. with you guys Some more. Yes. Cool. Indeed. Cheers. Peace. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want to check out any of our other content, you can visit our website at station8productions.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash station8productions. Thanks.